today. Amen. Good to feel the presence of the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Praise God. We're glad to be back in the pulpit again. It's been a while. Uh, please be seated for a moment. On Father's Day, I was in the hospital with a blood clot, a massive blood clot in my lung. And uh, it was worse than I, than I was told. They kept asking me, did I have any chest pains? And I said, no. And then they kept wondering why I didn't need more oxygen. No, I don't, I'm breathing fine. And then I found out that uh, they, they called it, what was it, Sister Motes? A pulmonary infarction. That doesn't mean anybody mean anything to anybody that's not studied medicine, and I haven't. But my doctor explained to me that they were expecting me to have a heart attack. And people drop dead with pulmonary infarctions. And so they were anticipating me having a, a heart attack and to die. But the Lord's been good. I said, the Lord's been good. I had no chest pains and I had no shortness of breath, which is a common thing that precedes having a heart attack. And uh, so we are grateful. In the past two days, I've heard from five separate ministers saying, I'm praying for you. Just call it random, send a text, what have you, saying we're praying for you. So we appreciate that. We appreciate all the prayers of everyone. We're going to get into the word of the Lord today. Second Chronicles 27 and verse 1. Jotham was 20 and 5 years old. When he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, his mother's name also was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet Corruptly. Chapter 28, verse 1 says, Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. But he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made also molten images for Balaam. Moreover, he burnt sacrifice, excuse me, burnt incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burnt his children in the fire, 
after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Verse 21. For he has took away a portion out of the house of the Lord and out of the house of the king and of the princes and gave it unto the king of Assyria, but he helped him not. And in the time of his distress... Did he trespass yet more against the Lord? This is that king Ahaz. For he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus, which smote him. And he said, because the gods, the kings of Syria, helped them, therefore will I sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and all Israel. And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God, and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God, and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars in every corner in Jerusalem. And in every several city of Judah, he made high places to burn incense unto other gods and provoked anger to anger the Lord God of his fathers. One passage, final passage of scripture is found in Luke's gospel, chapter 12, verse 16, Luke 12, 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? And I would like to speak on this subject this morning for just a little while. The power of doing nothing. The power of just doing nothing. Dear Lord, I thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your word that's forever settled in heaven. We ask, oh Lord God, that you would take this anointed word. Lord Jesus, anoint your servant. Lord, anoint our hearts and our ears and our minds that we may receive what you would have to say unto us, God. In the name that's above every name, Lord, we invoke the power of the name of Jesus Christ upon the remainder of this service, Lord. Let your angelic host be in this place, Lord, to do battle in the spirit as needed, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it in your precious name. Everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. We 
We have a story here of actually three generations and how that the actions of one individual can affect other generations. For no man is an island to himself, you're going to affect others. There are many that are under the sphere of your influence this day that are watching you and how that you deal with life. And many times you'll discover that they tend to follow you as you make your way through this, what we call the experience of life. We only get one opportunity to live this life. There are no do-overs. There are many things that perhaps you and I both could consider that we would like to go and maybe reverse the clock just for a little while and somehow or another redo some mistakes that we've allowed to happen in our lives. I start with Uzziah. You'll find the details of him in the previous chapter of 26 in 2 Chronicles. Uzziah was a godly man. He followed after his father, Amaziah. Uzziah walked with the Lord, and in the days of Zechariah, the prophet, you'll find a book written after his name, attributed to his name. This is the same Zechariah. This was the days of the divided kingdom of Israel, and we are referring to literally the kingdom of Judah. And so we find where that Uzziah was the king of all of Judah. And for, when he was 16 years old, he began to reign as king. And he did that which was right in the sight of God. He warred against the Philistines, and God gave him favor everywhere that he went because that he walked with God and did the things that were supposed to be done. God helped him against the Philistines and the Arabians and the others. <coughs> Excuse me. He built many things. He built towers. He built buildings. He built gates and all of these things. And then he also increased the armies of Judah that would be able to defend Judah against attack. Made it a very strong nation. All of this came under the great Uzziah, the father of Jotham. <coughs> but yet we find something happened in verse 16 of chapter 26 that it says that when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Uzziah got, if you would, a little too big for his britches. He decided that it was time for him as king to go in and to do that which kings were not allowed to do by the law of Moses. The law of Moses was very very descriptive. And it said that only the Levites, those that were sanctified and were set apart, could actually offer incense upon the altar of incense. But yet Uzziah, for some unknown reason, the Bible does not give us the reason why, but for some strange unknown reason, Uzziah got it in his mind that he thought that he 
was able as king to do anything that he well pleased. And because God had blessed him so greatly that he thought that he was above reproach in everything that he did. The Bible records that he goes in to the house of the Lord and goes into an area that he was forbidden to go into. The Bible says that Azariah the priest went in after him and there were 80 priests, four score, that's 80 priests of the Lord that were valiant men that stood against Uzziah. 80 men plus the high priest, that's 81 men that stand there and say, Uzziah, you're not supposed to do this. Uzziah, you don't need to do this. This is not for you to do. The Bible says in verse 19 that Uzziah was wroth, he was angry. And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. As he held that thing in his hand, the censer, to burn incense. God struck him on his forehead with leprosy. It's a white whiteness of the skin. And immediately, the men that were trained to look for leprosy, for you could not go into the house of the Lord. In fact, you were to be literally secluded from everyone else, kind of like COVID. You had to separate yourself. But the difference between this and COVID is this was a lifetime sentence because there was no known cure. And it would literally eat at the appendages of your, of your body. It would eat at the fingers and at the nose and at the ears and all of these things and would destroy the skin cells until it destroyed your body. And while Uzziah's angry with those 81 men that stand there begging him not to do what he was about to do, God struck Uzziah with leprosy. And it says in Uzziah, verse 20, and the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, there was, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence. Yea, he himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And verse 21 of chapter 26 is probably one of the saddest verses that you'll find in the Old Testament of a godly man that followed after God until he got this in his crawl. It says, And Uzziah the king was a leper until the day of his death and dwelt in a several house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jothan his son was over the king's house judging the people of the land. So now we enter into our text. The background was that Uzziah, a godly man, fell from grace. And while he's in the temple trying to accomplish that which God had forbidden, you would think that he would do something God forbidden away from the house of the Lord, but no, it happened in the house of the Lord. 
And while the censers in his hand, the leprosy smote him upon the forehead. And the 81 men there, the priesthood, rushed him out. And yea, he even hasted himself to leave the house of the Lord in fear that he knew what God had done. And this had an impact upon a young man named Jotham, 25 years old. He receives the news of what his daddy did. And thus begins the text that I give today. We find where the Jotham began to reign. And the Bible says that he did right in the sight of God. He followed after the ways of his father, Uzziah. But there was one caveat. There was one exception that was placed in verse 2 that makes one stop and ponder. Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord. There was something that remained in his spirit that changed him to the point that he could not make himself go back to the house of God after his dad had gone in and God had cursed him with leprosy. Something got all over him and put such a, a something in his crawl that he could not bring himself to ever go back to the house of the Lord. Something in his past that his daddy had done kept him from ever completely serving God as he should. Yes, he did. That was right in the sight of God. Yes, apparently he still loved God, but there was something that happened in his life that kept him from doing the perfect will of God. But yet, the Bible begins to record the many good things that Jotham did. He built a high gate to the temple, the Bible records. He built much on the wall of Ophel in Jerusalem. He built cities in the mountains of Judah as protection for the nation of Judah. He built castles and towers in the forest. He even fought against the Amorites, or the Amnites and subdued them. He even made them to pay heavy, heavy tribute or taxes to him for three years. But yet, in spite of all of the things that he did for God's kingdom, he still really didn't do anything at all. So why could this be? How, why did you say this, Brother Motes? Because it began to show up in that third generation. Uzziah had served God with all of his heart following his father. 
But now his son saw something drastic and something so horrific that had occurred in the house of the Lord that he decided that the best thing for him to do was to never darken the door of the house of God again. And in so doing, he did nothing to train his son in the ways of God. And because of this, his son became corrupted to the point that we find that this man begins to walk in the ways of the other nation, of the other ten tribes of Israel that was known as the nation of Israel. And many of those kings walked in the ways of the world and they served other gods. We find where that Ahaz, he begins to serve Balaam and he begins to do wicked things. He allows his children to be burned in the for the wicked gods of the world allowed them to be sacrificed as human sacrifices all because that Jotham did nothing to try to do something to help his boy. Oh, I want to tell you something today that we need to understand there is a power in doing nothing. You can come to God's house and do all of the wonderful things, but yet still, if you don't serve God the way you need to serve God, it's as if you did nothing and there is a power in doing nothing. Something will happen around you and all that you influence. Will not walk in the ways of God because there is a power in just doing nothing. Jesus tells of the parable in Luke, that we read to you in Luke 12, says, and there was a ground of a certain rich man that brought forth plentifully. When he said, what shall I do? There's no room to bestow my fruit. I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. But his biggest mistake came when he said and I will say to my soul soul thou hast much goods laid up for many years take thine ease eat drink and be merry you've been blessed now it's time for you to just sit back and let things just roll right on by. You've been blessed, and so therefore you really don't have to give much to the kingdom of God. You've been blessed, and so now therefore you need to just take it easy for a little while. But yet God's response was stunning when he said, Thou fool! This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? I'm speaking to somebody this on this Sunday morning. 
I, I realize that it's it's a little bit different from what I usually preach, but I, I, I don't know, the Lord just put it in my spirit that we need to understand that we can't just sit by lackadaisical and just let the world go right on by. Oh, I've been blessed of God. God's been mighty good to me. So therefore, I'm gonna just say, so take thine ease. It'll be all right. God's blessed you in every way. Everything's good. There's no problems. You just go right on and serve God. I've got news for you. You're not serving God. If you're taking your knees, you're going to have to do something that says, God, I'm ready to fight for the kingdom of God's sake. I'm ready to see my world turned upside down and inside out. I've got to reach the lost before they're gone. Oh, God, help me. Help me, Lord. Reach my family. Serve my family. You'll never do it. To take in your ease. Come on. Come, on. Come on, somebody lift up the Lord right now. Living in a rural setting, it is so easy to become lax in serving God. Living in a rural setting is different than in the city. I cut my teeth as a city slicker. Spent many years in large cities, having been born in Memphis, Tennessee, Memphis, I think, somewhere around half a million people, something like that. It's a pretty big town. Then also, as a young child, I was raised in the largest city in Kansas, Wichita, Kansas. 300,000 in the 70s. It's probably closer to half a million now. In the city, everything is at a faster pace. For those of you that live here and work in the city, you understand that difference. You see it every day you go to work. Much faster pace. And the bigger the city, it seems, is the faster that it gets. I hate it now every time I go to Houston or Dallas because those people are in such an all-fired hurry. Some of them come through there driving like there's no tomorrow. They, they, they think the interstate is their personal racetrack. And they get on there and they'll drive like a fool, cut you off, not even worry about it. That's, that's, that's life in the big city. And you'll have to learn how to drive just like them if you're going to survive in the big city. I cut my teeth driving in the big city, I-240 there in Memphis, Tennessee, Interstate 240 is a big loop that goes all the way around the city. Take you about 45 minutes to an hour to go all the way around it. And you get on Interstate 240, most of the traffic is on that thing. And uh, it's, it's like any other big city, it's bumper to bumper. 
and you have to learn how to just navigate your way. You have to become almost like them to be able to survive. Otherwise, uh, you'll get shut down in a hurry. I'll never forget my dad, my dad-in-law making fun of me, picking at me, saying, you know, boy, you don't know how to be a country boy. I said, that may be so, but you don't know how to be a city boy either. Let me turn you loose on interstate system in the middle of Memphis or in the middle of Houston somewhere, and let's see if a country boy can handle it. I've driven in some of the biggest, the biggest cities in the nation, New York City, Los Angeles, Big cities. Those people, they drive nuts. They drive crazy. And life is at a wide open speed. But yet, when you come to the country, things slow down at a snail's pace here. Everybody is a little more laid back. You go see somebody, it's not a matter of popping in, popping out. It's Y'all come on in. Let's have something to drink. Let's visit a little while. Things are at a slow pace. And it takes a little bit of adjusting if you've not been raised that way. But yet still, even though you might have been raised in the country and things are at a slower pace, when it comes to serving God, you can't be lax in that area. There has to be something in your system that says, I cannot take my ease. I can't just drift along and hope for a better day someday. If I'm going to see something occur in the spirit world, then I've got to pray it down. Is anybody listening to me? I said, if anything's going to happen in the spirit world, I have got to make up my mind and I've got to pray it down. I've got to pray it down. I've got to pray it down from heaven. God will only move when I am moved. Is somebody hearing me today? I said God will only move when I am moved. Oh, I cannot be guilty of doing nothing. I can't just come to church and let the preacher do his thing and the singers do their thing and the musicians do their thing and I come and raise my hands and feel good and go home. Honey, you're not doing anything but when you begin to touch heaven and begin to shake and rattle the gates of hell and say I will not be satisfied to remain where I'm at. I cannot be happy knowing that my family is lost and undone without the power of God. Then you'll be guilty of doing nothing. Jotham, he sees that his father goes to the house of God. And he's determined that he's going to offer incense when he's never been authorized by the law of Moses to offer up incense. Jotham could not help what his daddy did 
That was his daddy's mistake. But imagine with me that Jotham is sitting at his house and somebody comes running up. Jotham, I've got some really bad news. What's the news? It's about your dad. Well, the last time I heard dad was going to church. Yeah, yeah, he went to church. He went to the temple. But when he got to the temple, he did something that God was angry with. He had a censer in his hand to offer up sacrifice in the incense, offer up incense in the altar of the incense. And with the censer in his hand, there was some 81 men that begged your daddy not to do it. But the more they begged, the angrier that he got. The more they pleaded with him and asked him not to, the more that he was determined. And so finally he raises that that censor that he's going to do what he's not supposed to do. And somehow or another, I know, Jothan, this is going to be hard for you to understand, but there was some kind of whitening that changed this, the pigmentation of his skin. It turned to a snow white. It became leprosy that appeared on that man's forehead, and they rushed him out. All 80 men hustled him out of the house of God, and even they say even your daddy was also anxious to get out of the house of God. And now you'll never be able to get close to your daddy again. They're going to put him in some kind of house somewhere away from everybody else. They got to seclude him. Now he cannot rule as king and you're going to have to take his place. And all this stuff began to settle on the mind of Jotham. And finally he made the decision that after he ascended the throne I'm not going to go and make the same mistake my daddy did. I'll just not go to the house of God. I'll stay away. I'm not going to do that. And even though he did other great things for the kingdom of Judah, he built all of these things and strengthened all of these things and subdued the enemies of the kingdom of Judah. He really didn't do anything because the most important thing was left undone. And as I close today, somebody needs to hear me. You may be coming to God's house and honoring God by coming. But if you're not doing everything God requires, it's as if you did nothing at all. Jotham had no idea that his simple decision and his mistake that he made would affect the nation within 16 years. Within a matter of 16 years, his son Ahaz ascends the throne. And his grandbabies were burned to the God of Molech as human sacrifices. 
he lost his grandchildren to those false gods. This man was so far from his daddy and his grandfather's raisings that he said, you know what? Since the gods of Damascus helped them, I'll sacrifice to them so that they'll help me. What kind of crazy talk is that? It didn't help him. In fact, it corrupted the nation even more. Finally, he went into the house of the Lord, Brother Justin, and he got all the precious utensils that were used in certain things to do in the house of God, holy things. And he breaks up those utensils and those vessels and chops them up into pieces and gives them as a ransom to the enemy. And it didn't even help. And the end result of Jotham's mistake, the end result of Jotham really doing nothing, that Ahaz turns to somebody and said, get a chain and a padlock. We're shutting down the house of God. No need to come back here. You would have thought that Ahaz would have, something would have dawned on him as his babies were being burnt to a crisp alive, as they scream in dire pain, as they die a horrific death, his own blood children. You think, he would think, but you see, the reason Ahaz did no better is because his daddy Jotham said, I'm not going to go to the house of God because my daddy made a mistake. Somebody here today, you're not doing everything you're supposed to do. Or God would not have moved on me to preach this message today. You're not doing everything God's commanded you to do in his word. You're not. And maybe it's because somebody else, somewhere down the road back yonder, they made the attempt and they made mistakes. And you said, I'll not make those mistakes. And that's what's kept you from pleasing God. I cannot in my conscience ever look at somebody else and find justification. I have to make up my mind for myself that I'm going to serve God to the best of my ability. Is there anybody here today? Would you stand with me?